0: Just because you've written something down as a system does not mean that this is the final version. This is just version one. Just like when you're writing something, right? You come up with a rough draft, you create an outline, you put out the real thing, then you make a bunch of edits, and then finally you've got a version that you're ready to publish, but it might still not be the, uh, the finished version.
1: Hey guys, and welcome to the WP Elevation podcast. I am Mike Killen, a WP Elevation coach and WordPress marketing specialist based in Devon in England. Today, I am very excited to announce that our feature guest is Brian Richards from WP Sessions. Uh, He basically teaches people about best practice. It started as originally for developers on best practice Uh, and kind of following a process. In this episode, Brian's gonna take us through how to build a process and the advantages of building a process that allow us to hire new people, clone ourselves, make copies. Absolutely incredible. I really um, know that you're gonna get a huge amount out of this. And remember, of course, we have got the WP Elevation Tools uh, guide that you can download. Um, So yes, stay with us. This is the WP Elevation Podcast. Helping WordPress consultants elevate. Hey guys, Coach Mike here from WP Elevation. I am with Brian uh, Richards from WP Sessions. Brian, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Good to see
1: you. Yeah, you too, man. Thanks for coming on board. Um, When we kind of were organizing this. First of all, I just want to say your emails back and forth, the most engaged we've had. Like I was like, oh man, this guy super wants to be on the podcast. This is awesome.
0: Well, I appreciate it when people send me actual personable emails. And so I like to respond in kind.
1: Yeah, like a human being thing. In fact, we might even get into that. So um, for those who don't know, Brian, you, you, let's talk a bit about your background first, because there was development and an agency, which is, it is still there, but then also WP Sessions, which is kind of what we're here to talk about today, about you know process and, and best practice. They kind of all feed into each other and one starts from the other. Tell us what it is that you do.
0: Sure, so at the moment I run WP Sessions, as you mentioned, which is uh, training for web developers. Yep. Uh, I, spe- <clears throat> I specifically focus on uh, WordPress related things, though every presentation that I put out there isn't strictly uh, WordPress, for instance. We've yep. done a few this year on uh, creative problem solving and uh, client relationship management dynamics and things like that, uh, but they're all things that someone who builds thing builds websites with WordPress are probably going to encounter. So it's all tangentially related in one way or another.
1: Yeah. And this is what like, when, obviously we know about WP sessions here at WP elevation and we were going over some of the stuff and I was like, is this just for web developers? Like the, 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 the problems and stuff that we're helping, you're helping them solve. It's almost like, well, that actually could apply to not only just any business, but it is also about, following kind of best practice and and showing people what to do like why is that important even to just developers who don't necessarily even run their own business you know
0: yeah sure so uh i think you're you're hitting on some things that i realized as i started to add more content to the site (laughs) that to, to be a web developer you have to do so many more things than than write code right earlier this year i released a session called the modern developers toolkit and i'm like i'm gonna source all of my developer friends and lots of developers that I don't know and get all of the tools that they use. And the tools that they use for, that we use for actually writing code comprised like 15% of the overall presentation because there's project management and client relationship management and contracts and uh, just keeping track of all of the things that you need to do in addition to just outputting code. um, And reading code uh, is actually what we spend most of our time doing while coding. almost like the eighty twenty rule, right? You yeah. spend 80% of your time reading and thinking about code and only 20% actually writing it. And so best practices are important for developers specifically because you spend an inordinate amount of time reading what you or other people have written. You really want to make sure that that 20% of time that you spend writing the stuff makes the other 80% of your life easier, yeah. uh, in particular future you. And then because there are so many related disciplines here, Uh, it feeds out into other things. So in the 90s, there weren't web developers, there were uh, web designers. And so you had to have, in addition to uh, chops to write HTML and CSS, also the ability to work in Photoshop and design things. And so my own sort of progression here is, I discovered Photoshop at a young age, and started playing with that, discovered HTML and CSS, started playing with that, got into PHP thanks to WordPress a bunch of years ago, uh got a degree from college in photography, actually, because I wanted to study something of outside of development.
1: Yeah. <laughs> As we do. Uh,
0: studied some business-related things around that and realized mm-hmm. that pretty much so many different things that I've learned and studied and, and invested in are all connected when it comes to building things and providing a service for mm-hmm. clients. Uh, in this case, happens to be websites. but. Yeah. Almost every service industry shares the same sort of things, and all of them benefit from having the same sort of uh, best practice mentality or flexible best practice mentality, I would say.
1: I want to come on to this point later. You've, you've almost beautifully even mentioned the tools we use um, kind of thing. Just to mention, guys, we have a tools we use download below. I figured I'd just get it out of the way now. It's basically all the tools that WP Elevation uses, but it's funny kind of bringing it back, and you can download. Download that below. It's funny when you say, Oh, we were going over all these things, and 15% were actually anything to even do remotely with what we thought our job was. And there were so many other tools we use, but also that kind of the processes and the practice actually apply to the majority of service businesses, creative businesses. What we found at WP Elevation is the process we go through, like the blueprint where we help run our businesses better, our clients who are definitely not web designers or developers or agencies or anything, they go, Huh. This is really, could you take me through this? Could you show me like part of your process? And just, I want to point out as well for anyone who's kind of on the fence about this, the, the organization you've got behind you, Brian, to me would show that you are a process and organized driven person. (laughs) Like that is Lego behind you, right?
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're just listening to the audio, I have multiple uh rows yeah. of drawers for yeah. organizing all of my Lego from my childhood. That is it's very easy to find the exact piece that you're looking for when you're trying to build something small.
1: Very cool. Yeah. So let's so let's say that we're a developer. We're at we're at the start and we know that there's a bunch of stuff. I think typically the problem with processes is that people it's the difference between like want and need. What they actually want is like better results. They don't know that they need a process. Do you find that that's the, the typical style that people go through?
0: Uh, I would say yes. And in fact, the way that I frame most of the descriptions when I know that uh, a presentation is going to focus on process uh, is based around the results. When yep. people are, are looking for something, they're, they're fishing for the benefits, right? How is this yeah, going to help yeah, yeah. me right now? And so for a process like creative problem solving, where you're thinking through problems in detail, the end result is that you're able to solve more problems for clients, you're able to expand your services, you're able to get through projects more quickly, uh, turn a profit, become a better reference for your clients as people ask, hey, who did this for you? Interesting, yep. And so those are the points that uh, I tend to promote. And following this, learning from this, you're going to gain these, but the material that's going to get you to those we're talking about process and thinking about the things that we think about when we do the work. Cool. So
1: let's, let's, let's start this. Like what's the first thing that I, as someone who's brand new to this, I don't even know that I'm looking for process. Where do I start? You know, where, what do I look for?
0: Sure. So if we're talking in the context of building websites, yep. probably the first thing you're looking for is how do I build a website?
1: Interesting. Okay. I've been
0: working on, some beginner material to take someone who is, for instance, a bank teller who hates their job, who hears that the web is an interesting place to work, and they wanna learn how to build websites. And Mm so, the course material in that, we talk about domains and hosting and WordPress and why you need each of these things and how each of them work together. Um, But the end result is, learn how to build websites profitably for other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, what you're looking for is how do I do this thing? Yeah. And so what I try to produce is training on how to do that thing. And you'll you'll land on my site, you'll find a way to do whatever it is um, for those already initiated in the WordPress space, right? It might be how do I do blank with Gravity Forms, or how can I create custom meta boxes mm-hmm. uh, for the work I'm doing for my clients? And you'll find a presentation exactly on that thing. And these are all just smaller pieces to the overall approach that I'm taking of trying to clone myself, trying to teach someone how to do all of these different things that I already know how to do. Yeah. Uh, because there is a ton there. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot. Uh, hey, who's that? Uh, my cat Squints, who hey, Squints. cares to pay any attention to me when I'm sitting in this chair talking. Yeah,
1: obviously, yeah, for those of you guys here, gorgeous ginger cat Squints has just jumped up on uh, Brian's yep. lap. Um, <laughs>
0: Yeah, so uh the the so we, thing that you look for and the thing that you get are not often the same because you you're looking for how do I do blank? Yes. And you don't realize that you like that's step three in a six step process.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So and you that,
0: get step three and then you're teased like you should probably check out steps 1 and 2 and by the way now that you know how to do step 3 let's look at 4 5 and 6
1: yeah and this is something that we find with a lot of people is that that a lot of our members particularly as well as just anyone that we've been in the education space you know like i kind of said earlier that the difference between want and need is they often want something that's kind of like you say in the middle they don't know that they need the first few steps and then afterwards it's really important that we continue to grow like we we've, we've noticed that a lot of our um, elevators, they know, they think, well, I want to run a more profitable business, but they actually don't know that there's like an entire half after that. Like it's only after we begin exploring what's possible within the realms of this business. They think, man, I can do all this other stuff as well. You know?
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And some of the sessions that I've offered in the past on things like security, ended up doing multi-parts. We've got security for site owners and security for developers, and it runs the whole gamut of uh, hardening and preparing for attacks. What Mm -hmm. do you do after you've been attacked? How do you write code that's more secure and therefore less prone to attacks? And what you're learning in that moment is, how do I make more secure code? But the benefit of that is now you can sell that as a thing. Like, we write secure code. We can also perform security audits on other people's code and uh, as a service by either reselling something like security, or just taking on some of the things that security provides mm-hmm. in a smaller scale, right? You have to be, when we're talking about security, in particular, you wanna be careful about how much risk you want to, to take on yourself, yep. which is yep. why I always just resell something like security. but um, you can offer certain maintenance packages, right? And that's yes. a huge upsell opportunity that adds monthly recurring revenue to mm-hmm. your service-based business as well as additional touch points for upselling new functionality and features for your clients down the road.
1: Yeah. And it's funny, we're beginning to move into this territory of what people want to learn is often kind of them putting out a fire. But when we continue to teach them and educate them, when we continue to look at all the processes that we've got available, that adds to the suite of products and services that they can then benefit their clients with right that's actually what we're giving them is this is what process I believe gives you is the opportunity to sell further products to and services to your customers right
0: yeah exactly right and without thinking through this idea of huh maybe I could start offering some security audits to my clients hey maybe I could offer an ongoing package where I Mm -hmm. do plug-in updates and uh, regular reviews and check-ins on their site as a service that leads to more opportunities to talk to a client who you otherwise never would have spoken to again perhaps Yep. Uh, and then suddenly they go oh hey you know what we've been talking about adding this new section to our website could you help us with that mm-hmm. because you stayed top of mind touching in uh, uh, checking in with them every month or so
1: yeah and that and that, this kind of i've noticed as well this is why when i was going through like kind of wp sessions courses and stuff uh, you've obviously added Quite a bit uh, relatively recently, I know you're all, always adding to it, um, but I was like huh some of this stuff is is moving more into the like how to market yourself and how you sell yourself and and how to there's one on like yeah you know, just managing clients in general, which I know a lot of people are very hesitant to do because I think they don't have a process I think that's why people are hesitant to do stuff because they don't have a process right
0: yeah uh, I read an interesting thing a bunch of years ago that sort of fundamentally changed how I think about processes and and going about doing my work. The the quote that stuck with me is, anything you don't do systematically, you're doing haphazardly. (laughs) And if you develop a system or a process for how you do things, a repeatable checklist that you can follow, not only can you follow that and make sure you're not missing any steps, right? We often think of checklists like for launching a website and Mm -hmm. remembering to, you know, to uncheck the Discourage search engines from indexing this so you don't nuke someone's SEO weeks after you've launched. Um, But having checklists for all sorts of things checklists for onboarding your new clients, checklists for the entire duration of a project so that you remember to do all these little things that you only do every few months otherwise. Yep. Yep. Uh, Yeah.
1: And and the gap between that's an interesting point as well is I think a lot of people think, well, the cycle we see is that, oh, well, I'm probably not going to do this all the time. So therefore, having a process, learning the process, learning the course, which is kind of you guys have already written the process, you know, and they get to, to follow it along. But a lot of the time we come back and we go, "Ah, oh, but I'm not, I'm not going to do that this often. So I'm not going to bother with that. But when you come back to it in four months time, you're like, I cannot remember how I was going to do this. You know, that to us was like this huge thing within our agency of reaching out to customers. And every four months I was like, I cannot remember how I how I did this you know which is why we found process so important you know
0: Yeah exactly there I so I host on average this year I've been hosting a new session every 2 to 3 weeks Wow which is insane that's it's not a regular pace I'm making up for some lost time where I fell off the radar a year ago Yep um, normally it's about one a month but even doing them as frequently as every couple of weeks uh, there are still enough steps that I forget. Like, yeah, I have to you know, check this box here and toggle this dial over here yep. before we can go live and everybody can see and hear and participate. So I started making checklists myself for these things that I do in my own business all the time. Yeah. And one of the benefits of this is that down the road now, I can pass off most of the setup stuff to an assistant and say, yes. here are the steps that I follow to do this thing." So I'm essentially uh, automating through hiring somebody mm-hmm. uh, and offloading these things that I normally have to do all the time by myself, which I wouldn't be able to do if I didn't have a system or a checklist to follow, right? Cause I'm just doing things haphazardly and different every time.
1: Yeah. And this is where I think there's a massive disconnect between people thinking, Oh, well I'll do it and I'll stay in control because I know that I can get the best result. I've tried outsourcing before. I've tried hiring people It doesn't work. Almost every single time, I can think of maybe one or two exceptions, when we've looked at someone's hiring process and how they manage staff, it's because that team member has not been given a consistent uh, checklist or process. That's why the results are all over the place because there's nothing for them to follow, you know? And I feel bad for the people who are being hired. I'm like, no wonder you're struggling, you know?
0: Yeah, I I've gotten a lot of experience uh, on the hiring end of that, working in agencies and such, and and being responsible for putting new people in the team. And probably the most valuable lesson that I've learned from that is setting and managing expectations. Yeah, uh, not just saying, "Here, you go do this thing, and I'll come in and check in on it when it's done." And oh, by the way, you did it wrong. Yes. Um, setting the expectation of here are the results that we're looking for. If you don't have a checklist, right? At least telling them, here, here's the goal, here's the target that you're trying to hit. Yep. And then uh, encouraging them to come to you with questions, checking back in with them and providing guidance, instead of just like, oh, you're wrong, I'm gonna go ahead and do it myself, mm-hmm. or I don't trust mm-hmm. you enough to do this, or it's faster for me to do it, so I'm just going to do it. Spending a bit of extra time walking someone through it, mm-hmm. because after they figure it out, you might never have to do it again.
1: Yep. Yeah. And, th- and that's, this is, this is kind of where, you know, we get into some proper process ninja stuff where we have found, and I found this recently with our social media outsourcing. I was like, I've created the most incredible social media process in the world bar none. Like children will weep at the sight of this cause it's incredible. Handed it over my, 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 Uh, social media VA very very specific she went through and she was like you know Mike you could be doing this and it would cut out 15 minutes every single time I do it and over four sessions that's an hour so that's over an hour a week and I was like huh like having it documented allowed us the opportunity to improve we couldn't measure that beforehand there's no way that I could have found the way to improve because there was no baseline you know
0: yeah that and that's exactly right and also a major hangup for anyone who's trying to put a system together because what I try to do and I, what I've observed many people try to do is come up with the best version of a system. Yeah. So not here's how we do it, but here's how we want to do it and how we're going to do it someday. Yep. You write down this immaculate list that is pretty much unattainable because there are other dependencies on this system that you're trying to put together. And the best way to get around that is to just document how you do it now and improve over time just because you've written something down as a system does not mean that this is the final version This is just version one Just like when you're writing something right you come up with a rough draft You create yeah. an outline you put out the real thing then you make a bunch of edits and then finally You've got a version that you're ready to publish, but it might still not be the uh, The finished version.
1: Yeah, that's that's our thing now is it at, um, at my agency is my partner and I, and we'll talk over with like our our developer and our designer. And if we're like, okay, what do we need to go through? Let's, let's write this up. If we can't do it within that 15 minutes and we're like, Oh, we'll come back to this. We'll extend it. We'll open it up. I'm like, there's something wrong there because we should be able to get the basic A to B done. Like that's how I want to have stuff documented. Cause otherwise what usually happens is you only end up having one huge document and the start of loads of others. Like you get really committed to doing one, but you never complete the others. You know?
0: Yeah, exactly. And doing lots of small documents and outlines and plans will often serve you way better than having one that's perfect and a bunch that are only just ideas.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so let's say that I want to start. We've talked about just writing down what you're doing now, you know. Uh, and I've got a few processes. Maybe I've got someone else taking care of one of them they've given me a bit of feedback. What's next? What am I looking for when I'm like, okay, what else? Cause the big, I found a big stumbling block people come across is they think that there's loads of things that they can't write a process for. They think there's a lot of stuff that they go, Oh, I'm the only person who can do this and, and no one else can do it. You know, how do I get over that barrier?
0: Sure. So the reality is that a process can be written for virtually everything.
1: Completely agree. Yep.
0: And I haven't, I haven't looked into something enough to find like, uh, well, no, you definitely can't write a process for this category of work. I, well, no, no, they say that out loud. Uh, artistry is not something that you could put a clear process down for of, of creating a masterpiece. Right. But you can put a process together for, I need to get out the canvas. I need to get out the paints. I need to sketch. it. Yeah. Get, it's, like, it's
1: funny. You should mention that because, um, we were talking earlier. There's a bit of feedback there. Oh, that... sorry. No, that's okay. Sorry. I just... There we go. That's perfect. Sorry. Th- th- we were talking with um, an artist, a musician recently, and he was, in fact, Troy says this as well, like there's no such thing as writer or writers or creative block. It just means you don't have a template. And to me, a template is still a process. You still can follow that through. You're going to fill it in with your stuff, but even then, it's a process.
0: Yeah. Bingo. So... <laughs> It's fun hashing that out live here. The You you might not know exactly what the end result is for this creative process, right? But you, you can put a template together of yep. figuring out, okay, well, first I need to do this, and next I need to do this. And when I can't think of something, well, I need to look at these things or listen to this or go over here to this space. Uh, and the, the trick for things that you think you can't uh, document is to just write down the steps that you're about to take. So just because the process doesn't exist now doesn't mean one can't exist. Yep. And sometimes it's just literally like, I'm going to open a new browser tab, I'm going to visit this URL, I'm going to click on this thing, I'm going to open this folder on my computer, I'm going to find this file, I'm going to upload this thing here. Yep. And it's, the the biggest hangup I find is people think, well I'm only going to do this once or maybe twice a year. And so it doesn't, yes. it doesn't benefit me to write these things down because I can do it faster than I can write it down. So I'm just going to do it. Which is true except when you come back to it a year later and you go, shoot, how did I do it last year? Because I want to do it just like I did it last year, Yep. but I didn't write it down. So I don't remember. So you'll spend just as much time as you did it last year, remembering how you did it last year and do that time over to do it for this year.
1: Yeah, I think it's a huge false economy. We we encounter that a lot and it took, it took myself a bit of time to get over that. I was like, look, man, I do this. Like I said, I only do it a couple of times a year. And we found actually those are the processes that we want to document first because they're actually kind of the easiest stuff to document. If it only happens once a year, then just get it done, write it up, ship it out. The stuff that we have to do every day, I find changes so often. I'm like, well, if I only do it once a year, it's probably not going to change that often. Let's get it documented. And the thing is, is now, I mean, we'll talk about this briefly. The tools we've got available to document stuff, like there's no reason you can't document things anymore, you know?
0: Right, yeah, you can screencast, voice yeah. record, dictate things, write it down. The What you mentioned there, the things that you do every day have a high propensity to change, and so what you need to determine when you're creating a process or a system is how much detail do you want to put in it, right? Are you saying explicitly, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and then three days later, like, actually, this is a better way of doing it. Some systems, you just generalize and say, right, create a new tweet about blank, yep. right? For the example of a social media process, you're not gonna say, and it will follow the format of this and then the person's name and we're gonna have a photo and then a URL. Like what you put into that tweet is likely going to change as your strategy evolves, but the fact of the matter is you still need to create a tweet and a Facebook post and an Instagram post and uh, make sure that you've got all of those ready to go, scheduled and advanced, repeating at whatever rate those are the parts that you document the specifics of what goes into them or what order you do them in doesn't necessarily have to be super concrete.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny on the, on the tweet thing, actually, and and elevators will know that they've seen my social media process. I documented it and shared it with them. And actually we ended up getting it down where we could have even a process for the written stuff. Cause I was like, just how, I hate the term granular, but I'm going to use it. How granular can you get, with these processes and we found things like, um, blog post headlines, email subject lines, they actually follow a formula. There's so much stuff that follows a formula that also gives me a bit of breathing space. Cause I'm like, I've got to think of something new. No, let's use the template. Let's use the framework, still inject our personality into it. But we've, we've got this available to us, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, And this is the second or third time that templates have come up in the terms of generating process. Templates are huge and useful. Like having a template for creating processes is something I'm a big advocate for as well. So you're not like, how am I going to outline this one? It's like, well, they always follow the same sort of outline. Make a document. And every time you need to make a new process, duplicate that document and start filling in the blanks. Yeah. For... Uh, development work particularly work where you have multiple people in a team who are all contributing the same thing Um, when it comes time to document a project at the end for delivery one thing that helps is to have lots of micro documents along the way of here's how this feature works and here's how this thing behaves and one of the processes that I implemented for uh, my last team was um, when we finish a task Let's write down all of these steps. Here's what's done. Here's how you can test it. Here's how it should work in the final documentation. Yeah. And then at the end of the project, uh, we can just search. These are all getting documented in GitHub issues. We can search the issues for uh, a key phrase, documentation in this case, pull back all of the comments that had documentation in them and paste them into the final deliverable document for the client.
1: Yep. Yeah. I mean, man, there's so much here. And this is the thing, like, I think a lot of people, my, I don't know my business partners and stuff, they hate when I talk about process cause I love talking about it, but it, it opens up so many opportunities. I think it makes hiring easier. It makes time management easier. It makes product creation easier. There's just so much that documenting what you do. And we found, we ended up setting up a course based business around it. Like, Show people their documents. I don't know if you've ever thought of that idea but you know.
0: No, that's that's brilliant. Yeah. And as you mentioned like you have you have clients who come to you and like how does your process work here? Right? Other when you're building things for other people in the service based industry, though if you have a good process they'll notice or if they have a good process you'll notice. I've I've taken uh, and adapted processes that I noticed my clients were using at times. I'm like this is actually a really good way to okay. conduct a meeting. I'm gonna make sure that all of mine follow this format now of before we complete the meeting, we're going to do a rundown and recap of, here are all the actionable items that we agreed to during this meeting, who's going to do them, and when we expect to have them done by, so that nobody is in the dark when the call ends about, shoot, what did we agree to, what what part am I responsible for? Yep.
1: Yep. Yep. So, okay. So we've decided that we want to, we want to start making our life easier. We want to expand the number of products and services that we sell to our customers. We want to get better time management, We want better expectations and results from our customers, uh, from our staff. We know that we've got to, um, start from the beginning, right? So it sounds obvious, but record what you're going to do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So step one is figuring out where, what is the beginning for you? How, how far back do you need to go? What is step one? Yep. And this is another thing that people treat as a, as a burden when they go with a system, it's like, well, plug in the computer, turn on the computer, sign in as a new user, like, yep. you don't have to go back to the, like, the very first step of using a machine. <laughs> yeah. Let's start at the beginning of this particular process. And then if there are an, anything unclear about like, okay, well, how do I get to step one? All right, well, let's make a process for the things that bring us to this point. And so, the, the, the beginning is uh, a bit fuzzy yep. um, depending on what it is you're trying to document and, and where you're trying to process, uh, where you're trying to fill in the gaps with a process. But the, the best thing to do is to start wherever you're at and document the things that you're doing on a regular enough basis that have enough steps that you're likely to forget or miss or otherwise do in the wrong order and have to come back and redo later.
1: Yeah. So let's have a bit of a recap. First of all, we have tools available. There's tons of different tools, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the, the tools that you might use, as I mentioned, you know, for screencasting, I use something like ProPresenter uh, when, sorry, not ProPresenter, (laughs) uh, something like ScreenFlow Mm -hmm. for um, recording everything that's happening on my screen. If I'm giving someone a screencast walkthrough of things, that's super fast, right? Because that satisfies your desire to like, I'm just going to do this thing. Um, but also to do it in a way that you can document it for the next person so you spend 10 minutes doing the thing spend another five minutes turning off the beginning and the end and shooting a link over like okay here's how I did it now you can do the rest from here on out Uh, you could even put the onus of putting that into a text outline on the person watching the video okay here watch the video write down what you see and send those steps back to me I'll confirm that you did it right
1: Yeah, perfect.
0: Google Docs is something that uh, I love using in a team setting because it's very easy to share those. You can collaborate very quickly. Multiple people can work on writing a system. Um, Evernote is something that I use personally for writing down all sorts of great things. And there are many, many other tools that you can use, um, including just when you're on the go, using Siri to dictate reminders and messages to yourself that funnel into um, what eventually become your process documents.
1: Perfect. Man, we've covered it. That's, you know, we've nailed it, smashed it. <laughs> um, I, I know that a lot of the guys are going to be very thankful for kind of going through that with them because sometimes it's you get a bit, you know, can't see the wood for the tree. So knowing how we can step out um, just very quickly, by the way, guys, remember, you can download the tools that we use um, and uh, down below. Um, which is all the tools that WP Elevation uses and everything we use in our process and all our various agencies and whatever, uh, you can head over to wplevation.com forward slash Brian Richards, uh, which where you can download the our tools list and of course subscribe to the podcast, leave us some comments on, on what you'd like to see next. Brian, thank you so much for joining us and, and giving this masterclass on documenting our entire business.
0: Hey, it's my pleasure. Hopefully someone listening to this for the first time is going I really need to get the process down for this thing that I just finished doing so I can teach someone else how to do it or remember how to do it later.
1: Yeah, no, yes, you will. You will thank yourself and you'll wonder why you haven't done it sooner. Um, Look, I look forward to to speaking to you again. I'm I'm sure we'll catch up via email. Uh, And until then, everyone, go Elevate. Hey, wow, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I could have spoken to Brian about creating processes for hours. Uh, I hope you enjoyed as much the podcast as much as I did. Remember to visit wpelevation.com forward slash Brian Richards to download the WP Tools Checklist Uh, and remember to subscribe and like us and leave us some feedback in the comment section below. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us spread the word. Just visit wpelevation.com forward slash iTunes. Uh, It really helps if you tell a friend as well. That's kind of um, how we're getting a lot of uh, coverage. Thanks for tuning in and I look forward to your company on the next episode of the podcast. Until then, go Elevate!